welcome back to the GOAT Show. It is Saturday, November 6th, and we're going to continue our breakdown of week eight. Uh, yeah, you got GOAT here with Ryan from Greatness Debates. Ryan, what's going on? Nothing much. How about you? Not much. Uh, you getting getting pretty exited for the uh, Buzz Lightyear movie? Indeed. Indeed, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just had to call you out on that quick. Um, <laughs> first things first, I wanted Dang. to, um, I wanted to announce the go to the week now, uh, just so I don't <laughs> leave you all in suspense. Um, I did the follower nomination, and um, I yeah, I guess quick recap. I nominated Aaron Rodgers. Ryan had Mike White, which I would have done. And if we could just do the same, I think we would have. I think everybody was in agreement for this one. Uh, I ended up just putting a poll. Is it Mike White? And it was like 96% to four. <laughs> yes. Uh, so congratulations, Mike White. We can't go to the week. Um, sadly, missed some of the game on Thursday with an injury. But uh, yeah. He deserved better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's get it rolling from there. So pick things up where we left off, looking at Sunday's slate of games. Um, not a lot of interesting football on Sunday, but still mm-hmm. some stuff to talk about quick. So uh, first things first, Buffalo and Miami. Um, Bills came out on top in that one. Kind of a sloppy game. There were I watched this one pretty much all the way through. There were a lot of penalties on both sides. Some kind of questionable, but that's okay. Um, oh, wow. We don't see that often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was just a lot of like... Um, I Like at the end of the half, the Bills went for it on fourth and short and it looked like um a miami player jumped so alan snapped the ball and then um the play was going there was no he was about to get sacked so he threw it away they replayed it the guy was offside but they didn't call that what they did call was the intentional grounding that only happened because he was under <laughs> pressure because the guy was offside. Um, NFL refs moment. Yeah, so that gave the Dolphins the ball back, and then um, they got a 15-yard unnecessary roughness on a horse collar penalty. But I literally looked it up. What happened was Milano, Matt Milano, Bill's linebacker, uh, grabbed the dolphin by like the nameplate, but fell forward with him. Which, by rule, it's only a horse collar if you use that grip to change his direction, mm-hmm. which he did not. So, but then the dolphins ended up fumbling and not scoring and losing really bad, anyways. So, can't really complain. Um, Dolph rods. Yeah, for me, it's really, really fun uh, seeing everybody calling Brian Flores out after pretty much two years of me being in the minority for not thinking that he's a top 10 coach. Um, <laughs> I mean, granted, I, I gave him a lot of for that uh, 2019 season when they started off horrible and then became competitive despite a clear lack of talent. Yeah, and then they kind of overachieved last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that got people really excited. Like, like me. <laughs> yeah. Like me. Um, but they're still not that great of a team. Um, yeah. And then here, I believe Tua is questionable for this next game. So, um, loyalty concerns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, uh, his concern for their loyalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you'd think they'd be able to pull it off against the Texans. You'd hope. But 
they did lose to the Jaguars, so I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, uh, is Tyrod playing? I think he is. Oh, so <laughs> it's going to be a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, assuming but that's sorry, oh, go sorry, ahead. But assuming the Texans play like they did early in the season when Tyrod was quarterbacking. Yeah, was... they were sneakily not terrible. Um, kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Their offense was pretty good. Yeah, they have some interesting things going on. But, um, yeah, overall, you'd think the Dolphins would be able to win this, but wouldn't be surprised uh, and wouldn't be disappointed either. So <laughs> me, me neither. Yeah. They are, kind of, they are kind of fun to hate on. Yeah, I just I just got so much hate for predicting them to not be good the past couple of years. And here we are, and they're pretty clearly not a great team. So not even a good one. Yeah, I'm Norway great right now on that. Um <laughs> and they don't even have the they don't have their own first round pick this year. So double L. Yeah. Yeah, streaks don't hit there. me up. Do you, <laughs> you get the joke? I think so. I don't know. It's like I've always seen the meme where it's a picture of Tua, like a Snapchat photo, and it says streaks don't yeah. hit me up with like the broken heart emoji. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, just a, just a streaks don't don't HMU moment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, any final thoughts on that game, I guess, before you move along? No, none, none at all. <laughs> it goes how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Um, looking at the Panthers over the Falcons, uh, pretty much just the dominant game for the Panthers defense, mm-hmm. not having Ridley really hurt the Falcons. Um, Panthers really shut down Kyle Pitts when he's pretty much their only viable receiving offense. You uh, mm-hmm. are sorry. Only Weapon. real viable receiver on the offense. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, easy enough to game plan for they had former defensive player of the year Stefan Gilmore in his first game with the team shadowing the uh yeah the rookie tight end which is mm-hmm. kind of absurd to think about but uh yeah. obviously it worked out well for them um yeah i Sorry, I was just collecting my thoughts. I'm <laughs> written in front of me. Um, yeah, Panthers defense grabbed two interceptions and held Matt Ryan to only 146 passing yards. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, pretty impressive performance, at least defensively for them. Offensively, they're still not perfect. Um, yeah, did you have any more thoughts to, on that? Oh, one thing I'd say is um, just wishing positive things for Calvin Ridley. After yeah, absence. I know that's going to make a lot of people mad, but I also don't care about what those people have to say. That yeah, obviously, health's become a very important thing in our society that people are realizing. So I hope that you know he can you know straighten out whatever issues he's having and hopefully be on the field for Atlanta as soon as possible. And kind of like what you said that his absence you know hurt the team especially Pitts and the kind of Falcons lack of versatility really hurts Pitts, you know, being guarded by Gilmore, which I I think is a compliment more so than anything else because a tight end being guarded by a corner or, you know, one of the better corners in the league. So, so yeah, it, it goes to show the amount of respect he warrants. Like I said, when I cut, when I talked about his Pitts's game, me when he's being guarded by Xavier Howard in crucial moments. So I know this yeah. is not, not a good statistical game for Pitts, but it just goes to show like the kind of gravity he has as a talent. And I think that down the road, he's going to just be unreal. So if anything, that's my only real takeaway from this game. Yeah, is that Kyle Pitts is actually good. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's if... been my takeaway, but like it, yeah. more so the defenses are him their best shot and right now yeah. it's working but down the I road believe I saw somewhere that uh Gilmore asked to shadow him which is really cool too yeah yeah it's kind of like a best on best kind of thing yeah yeah for sure 
Um, moving along, the Rams destroyed the Texans, uh, kind of as advertised. Yeah, pretty much exactly how I expected, except I didn't really think that the Texans would get a chance to score 22 unanswered points um, in the last, what, like eight minutes? I don't remember. For, yeah, eight minutes. Um, 22 straight points would have looked a lot worse if it wasn't for that. Yeah, yeah, and and it's kind of just a Rams constantly reminding us that they loaded, and now they have Von Miller. So yeah, yeah. Only real takeaways that like the Rams just are just pretty juggernautish on both sides of the ball now, and in my opinion they're going to end up being the team to beat going forward. But, you know, credit to them for assembling this high level of talent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matthew Stafford, another awesome game. 305 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. Um, It's probably my MVP front runner right now. I know I touched a little bit that um, Kyler Murray just kind of arbitrarily fell behind a little bit with that last game. Um, but Stafford's been pretty consistently great all year. Mm-hmm. I think the one game against Arizona, obviously their only loss on the season wasn't incredible, but I mean, we've seen players have one or two bad games and still, you know, shine as the MVP in the long run. So, yeah. And like every other MVP candidates had bad games too like Brady playing Matthew Stafford's team and or Brady against New England. Brady's or had Brady. like three below average games and people are that still trying to say that he's well, I've seen a lot of people rank him over Stafford direct or yeah, like they'd have Brady as like the best or like top 3, at least like top 5 in the league right now. And then have Stafford outside the top five and that's just absurd to me because if you look <laughs> at any actual numbers that matter so like not just bulk passing yards and touchdowns mm-hmm. Stafford hasn't beat in like every single rate stat like he has a better touchdown percentage I think they have the same uh interception percentage um is better yards per completion better completion percentage if you can't tell, I looked at this a few times um, <laughs> this season. But, yeah, uh, basically, moral of the story is Matthew Stafford's been really good and deserves respect for that. Yeah, definitely. And the way that him and McVay have meshed and the way that's carried over into Cooper Cup's historic receiving season and the way this offense is just a well-oiled machine – Stafford deserves his credit. I know I have my kind of interesting perspective on the MVP award, but Stafford has been super valuable to this team to be as good as they are because without him producing at this high level, they wouldn't be, you know, arguably the top Super Bowl contender. I know people are saying, well, just because he's not Jared Goff, but, you know, Stafford deserves his props and he is super valuable to this team. And he kind of also, you know, I, I know team they play, you know, really smart scheming and play calling, but he also doesn't have arguably the best receiving core ever assembled, like where like you can just kind of just throw it anywhere and get completions yeah. and big plays. Like we even saw against the Saints that rookie, uh, forgive me, I don't remember his name, getting like 30 yards behind the defense. <laughs> Like yeah. wide open, like I know that people will try to give Brady credit for that, but like that just shows like the defense has so much more to worry about than that guy. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this probably isn't the conversation I have for this game, but you know, Stafford certainly deserves his credit. And like you said, I, I do really agree that he's been just consistently good to great in every game he's played, and I only expect that to continue. Yeah, absolutely. Very well put. Um. Yeah, moving on, looking at the 
Titans and the Colts started out really ugly for the Titans. They were down 14 nothing at one point, but ended up, yeah, just catching up and went back and forth pretty much the rest of the way until overtime. Um, A.J. Brown caught 10 of 11 for 155 yards and 50. Sorry, I almost said in 57 touchdowns because I have and a 57-yard touchdown um, written down, kind of setting myself up for failure there. But, um, yeah, the 57-yarder really kind of sparked their return to this game. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we talked about last show, Derrick Henry got injured. Nothing eye-popping from him there. Um, but... Yeah, I think the biggest kind of story out of this one was Carson Wentz got a lot of hate for the, like, pick six that he threw out of his own end zone, uh, if you're familiar with the play. Yeah, yeah, I saw the pressure, and I think he was just trying to get rid of the ball, and then the defender jumped it, and it's a very ugly-looking play. That was yeah. just like, oh, my God, kind of moment. Yeah, and it's weird, and it makes him look really dumb. But although he should have thrown the ball sooner, <laughs> um, the, with where he was at, I think throwing it was the best decision because you're getting bring your gate. I can't talk. You're getting brought down <laughs> in your end zone, so you're almost definitely going to give up a safety. Um. You can either throw it away, get called in for intentional grounding, um, in which case you're giving up the safety anyways. Don't get called for intentional grounding. Either complete the pass, which is good. It goes incomplete, which is better than a safety. Or it gets intercepted. And here's the point I'm trying to make, is that that pick six situationally is better than um, a safety is better than the safety mm-hmm. because if you wanted to take in the safety, not only do the Titans take the lead, they, the Colts probably don't get the ball back with like a minute and a half left. So mm. the fact that they were able to get the ball back right after that drive down and tie the game, that wouldn't have happened if he didn't throw that interception. So kind of food for maybe, thought there. Um, yeah, maybe Carson Wentz is just, smarter than all of us yeah that's and some could... like galaxy brain stuff <laughs> <laughs> i mean granted yeah. i think in his mind it was uh you know oh defender about to bring me down i'm just gonna throw yeah, the ball i gotta do I something he's actually thinking that yeah um yeah and if anything the uh the interception through in overtime should be getting talked about yeah. a lot more um that was pretty bad. He had guys open underneath and just forced it, and it's some bad coverage ended up costing the game. Um, yeah, I just wanted to round about that a little bit because I saw too many people uh, giving him hell for that when doesn't obviously it wasn't yeah. the greatest play, but it made sense. It was technically the right move in that split second. Yeah, and just to give like a bit of a human perspective, like. Like I know we've all like played Madden, played video games, or played Madden and like quarterbacking. You know when we're pressured and you make a really stupid throw, and you're just like, "Why would I make that throw?" Yeah. Like, well, imagine being in real life, and these super athletic, huge guys are trying to bring you down. Like, imagine the kind of quick decisions you would make if that yeah. were happening. So that's where you kind have. Of- hundreds of thousands of people at home going, make the right decision all the time. Be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, well, you're, you're going to end up making a really dumb mistake. And we've seen every quarterback make it. We saw Brady make it that same day. So like, yeah, as stupid as it looks to us sitting on our couch, uh, you know, in the, when you put it in like an actual perspective, like, well, I get it. That kind of stuff happens sometimes, and that was a big example of it. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Moving on, another big divisional game. uh, Looking at the Steelers over the Browns. Um, (laughs) 
15 to 10. Just a stinker for the Browns, especially. They really needed to win this one if they wanted to be anyone this year. This was pretty important. And then they went and didn't trade <laughs> Odell and then released him and that all's going on. Um, just a weird place for them yeah. to be. But yeah, nothing really jumped out of me about this game. It was just the Steelers just did enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you have a lot more to yeah. say about that. So I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, you said that they if they that they needed to win this game to be someone this year. But at the end of the day, they they just are the Browns. Did, yeah, did you get the joke. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Browns, the Browns, the um, the Juju quote from last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, um. Yeah, as a fan, this was a nice one after all of like the however many months of just hearing Cleveland fans have their victory lap over the playoff game. It was nice to go in their building and beat them without a kicker. And um, yeah. Speaking of that, like I don't know if you saw. Did you see? I uh, the fake field goal. I did. Yeah, I know. I saw Chris Boswell put on his Instagram story that he dressed up as a quarterback for Halloween and got yeah. And I had a nice laugh at that after the game, but during the game, I was beside myself watching the Steelers pass up on potentially getting a halftime lead to have their very valuable kicker roll out to try a throw and then get rocked and concussed on the sideline. I was just dumbfounded. And then from the second half on, or the start of the second half on, they had no kicker. Yeah. And I was like, well, this game's close. It could come down to a field goal. Why did we do that? Like, like why? That's the question in my head of, like, why? But yeah. they were able to pull it out. Um, a couple takeaways that I had, you know, it was Steelers rookies. Uh, Najee Harris had more yards than uh, Nick Chubb and D earned it Johnson <laughs> combined. I also Browns fan post that the Browns had three better backs than Najee Harris. And my only response to that would be LOL. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that was nice to see Najee outgain them both. And of course, a running back can't do things or no one can do things alone in the football field and the Steelers offensive line, especially the young guys really had a, solid performance against the pass rush that has given a lot of teams a lot of trouble. So credit to them. And then um, another rookie was Pat Fryermuth, who caught a crucial touchdown on fourth yeah. and goal to put the Steelers ahead. I don't know if you saw that play, but it was just – I did. It was impressive. Incredible. It was just incredible concentration. His ability to keep his feet in, it was remarkable. And, you know, he's he, – Big Ben has compared him to Heath Miller – and honestly, game after game, he looks like him. He's he looks like what Heath Miller would be in the modern game, mm-hmm. and it, it really just shows like always hit on these skill position players. It's it's remarkable, and you know, it's paying off. They're getting a ton of production out of this rookie class, and then after this game, you could really see how much this meant to Big Ben. He played. He's been really solid in this kind of game manager role they've given him since the run game has started to have you know some life, and he's been playing pretty solid, efficient football. You know, I, I don't really like use utilizing interceptions as a stat, but since week five, Big Ben's the only quarterback to have not been intercepted, although he's thrown some passes that very easily that could have been yeah intercepted, but. Yeah, I just wanted to shout him out that he's been pretty solid in this role. And, of course, he's far from the player that he was, but he can be useful the way he is in kind of this situation. Because, like I say, situation is 75% of a quarterback's success. Actually, I think I say it's 85% of a quarterback's success. Either or. It's a heavy, hefty percentage of their success in situation. And this one is the best suited for Ben to be successful. So overall, it was not a pretty performance by any means. You know, all this whole win streak for them has not been pretty, but 
they don't. Tom would probably say they don't expect things to be pretty. That it's Pittsburgh, so credit to them for going into to Cleveland and getting a big win. And now they have Chicago at home on Monday night with the color rush, which I always love to see because the Steelers color rush uniforms are pretty pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, that's their that's the all blacks, right? Yeah, all blacks, the yellow. The yeah. yellow lettering, it, it is just just nice to see and yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was just nice to to get the win the revenge game for uh, Ben to tell Miles Garrett that he can keep his quarterback tombstones and Ben will take the W. <laughs> that was a that 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 made me a uh, Grinch Grinch level smile <laughs> on my face. So yeah, that was, that was a pretty good Sunday, especially with Mike White captivating the NFL world and beating Cincy. So it was, it was one of those, one of those Sundays. Yeah. There was some nice stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Um, I guess looking at the team that the Steelers will play this coming week. Um, Ooh, smooth. <laughs> lost 22 to 33 to the 49ers. Um, so I guess that's a good, good kind of preview if you are a Steelers fan, um, hopefully, no, yeah, yeah, it'll be a twenty-four to twenty kind of game. Yeah, like no matter what, I'm nervous. Like you could show me all the negative Matt Nagy stats in the world, <laughs> and I'm, I'm still, I'm still gonna be nervous about this game because I just, I, I know better. I, I, I know yeah. better. I know how the are. So I'm, I'm expecting a, a nail biter. <laughs> Yeah, and this one, uh, so yeah, talking about the 49ers and the Bears, it was pretty close all throughout, and the 49ers just kind of pulled out at the end. Um, Justin Fields continues to demonstrate his high-end traits. Uh, he throws some of the prettiest, like, 50-yard downfield interceptions I've ever seen. Um, Take out the last the- part, and then that's a, that's a pretty positive. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it looks really nice until you see um, who's about to catch it, and it doesn't look nice anymore. Um, But he, yeah, he did have some nice big plays. Obviously, that uh, touchdown run on fourth and one went pretty viral. Um, (laughs) So yeah, he he he's working with some good stuff. Uh, Hopefully, he can stop throwing all the interceptions, and they'll be in a much better position. Uh, offensive line wasn't doing him any favors either. He took four sacks in this one, uh, mm-hmm. offensively for the 49ers, uh, Elijah Mitchell, rookie running back out of ULL, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. Louisiana Lafayette, or is it just, mm, I shouldn't talk. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, now I feel silly. Is he just, I, Sorry, just Louisiana. Um, yeah. Yeah, rookie out of Louisiana. Sixth-round pick. Um, went for 137 yards. Uh, Debo Samuel continued to dominate through the air with 171, including like a 80-yard almost touchdown, I believe. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was, just, that was pretty good. Uh, and... Brandon Ayuk didn't cut into that too much, but he did have a few targets finally. So, um, oh wow, them actually throwing to their super talented, to super their talented former young first receiver. round pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Um, Back Shanahan, good job. Yeah, and it's weird to see that <laughs> at this point in his career too, because to kind of take this approach with a rookie makes sense, but. To do this with a guy that's already proven that he can do things in your system, it feels really petty. Like it's just it's bizarre. Yeah, that's I I know I keep harping on this. I have a whole long post on it, but I'm like, I just don't get how he's in the doghouse. Same goes for Trey Sermon, who was really, really touted at Ohio State, and then you trade up for him in the draft and he's in the doghouse, a healthy scratch. I'm like, I'll just never understand the Shanahan thought process. Just in general, the Shanahan thought process. I'll never understand. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
Uh, anything else to throw in there before we jump along? Well, not really, but I like what you said about Fields, that you know he really does have elite traits, and that touchdown run was dazzling. I thought that Justin Fields dressed up as a magician for Halloween <laughs> and not a uh, budget magician like what Matt Nagy, his coach, was. Or, yeah. Well, I don't even think – I think he had COVID, so he wasn't even there. But that, yeah. that's, that's probably why Justin Fields had a solid game because Matt Nagy just was as far away from that arena as possible. Sadly, <laughs> he's going to be back for him for probably the rest of the season until he gets fired. So Justin Fields, I just crossed my, you know, just hanging there. And uh, ho- hopefully it'll get better. For the love of God, get better for <laughs> Fields. Yeah, for sure. That's all, that's uh, my only takeaway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a consistent theme these past few weeks since Fields has been starting. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, Justin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, don't need to free him yet. It's still pretty early, but um, definitely yet. needs some help. Um, Give it a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on, we get the Seahawks and the Jaguars. Um, no real surprises. 31 to 7 for Seattle. Uh, kind of just did exactly what they needed to do. This would have been pretty embarrassing and uh, probably would have killed their season, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they just needed to win this one. If they wanted to keep those playoff hopes alive, Geno Smith was efficient. Um, only three Seahawks players caught passes in this game i think i believe smith had 24 attempts and all of them were to or uh, yeah i guess I, all of his completions were to dk metcalf tyler lockett and travis homer uh, so that i thought that was pretty interesting um jaguars didn't it looked like they didn't have a ton bad on the stat sheet uh, but they had 12 penalties against them and were one for four on fourth down, which will really, really hold you back. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it was the situations where, like, they're down and they can't So you have to go for it. Yeah. Really from any situation. So I'm, I assume it was, like, kind of those fourth downs. Admittedly, I didn't really look at this game because, to be honest, why would I? Because there wasn't a lot to look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was nice to see the Seahawks offense actually have an offense without Russell Wilson. And they basically just did that by just getting the ball in DK Metcalf's hands as much as they could in any way they could. Who who would have thought? So, um, yeah, it was just kind of a get-back-on-track game for Seattle after two tough losses. And for Jacksonville coming off of a bye to just lay a stinker, like, it's hard to say I wouldn't have expected this, but... At the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I kind of expected them to be better than this with Lawrence and the talent they have. But especially since they seem like they were playing better. But um, I think they're just going to be an up and down team in general. And this is just a really down game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it would have been impressive for them to go into Seattle and kind of muster something. But um. Yeah, like I was saying, this is really important for Seattle. Um, they're three and five going into the bye, and then have the Packers and the Cardinals um, coming up after that. So those are some, yeah, really big games down the stretch. Um, can't count them out yet, but especially with Wilson coming back. Uh, but don't want to get your hopes too high, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that's it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the more interesting ones from this week, the Patriots 27 to 24 over the Chargers. Uh, Belichick just kind of did what he does against young quarterbacks, uh, made Herbert uncomfortable with two interceptions. One of those for, I believe, the game winning pick six, uh, and sacked him three times mm-hmm. as well. Chargers defense was solid, but didn't make the big plays that the Patriots did. Um, all of a sudden, the Patriots are 4-4, four and four, and playoffs are definitely not out of the picture yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, what were your takeaways from this one? Yeah, it just seemed like over these past two times, New England, despite the Chargers, they just seem to have their number. A 45 to nothing beatdown last season, and then this one, then an upset. Or at least, yeah, it would be considered an upset. 
Bucks have. Yeah. yeah, it just shows like legit. You know, Belichick, if anybody knows defense in NFL history, it's Bill Belichick, and he's yeah. certainly showing it. And the way that Mac, maybe the kind of efficient way that Mac Jones is playing, I liked that from what I saw, they were opening up things a bit more and allowing him to throw deep. He's been you know, efficient in this offense. It really fits, like we've talked about a lot, the system. Like you said, team form, they're very much a playoff contender. And, you know, two losses to the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Uh, they're certainly on the ups New England, and I can't really say that I'm surprised. I had them going 9-8, and eight, but I thought they could be even better. And you know, they're an impressive team. The Chargers have been pretty much a disappointment. I like how going into the season, I wasn't high on the Chargers, and I saw them, you know, just be amazing offensively and, and Herbert looking like an MVP candidate. And I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to take back what I said. And as soon as I took back what I said, they started to play poorly. Yeah. It's just, it, it's the greatness debates, greatness debates curse. I yeah, was even you... thinking about that with my memes, with my meme page. Oh, I think yeah. Positive Kirk meme right before the game. And then the Vikings decided they're going to play offensively not to lose. Yeah. But not in the way that playing – it's literally playing not to lose, so they lost. And then I make a positive Mike White meme that I thought was so clever, and then he gets hurt after throwing a touchdown. I, I just I can't have good things. Yeah, so you I, gotta, sorry, you gotta be aware of that. Uh. Yeah, I, I know that. Like of all the people watching this game, I have an impact apparently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's just credit to New England for going in and beating the Chargers. And um, I, I don't really know what to make of them, especially since the fact they have the worst run defense in the NFL, which is kind of strange. I wouldn't have expected out of out of Brandon Staley's defense. So, like I said, I don't really know what to make of them, but um, I, I think they'll start to pick it up. Uh, the AFC West is a strange division right now because, like, the Chiefs haven't looked good. The Raiders are just an all-around mess, although they're still, like, playing well, which is strange. Yeah. And then the Chargers are having up and down. And the Broncos, in my opinion, are kind of just out of it. So, yeah, it's it's just interesting to note. And, like, it's very much undecided. Yeah. For sure. There's still a lot up in the air. And I think the Chargers, I, I'd still say they're the favorites right now. I uh, would agree. <laughs> until, yeah, until the Chiefs can really show um, that they deserve that crown again. It'll be, yeah, that's just kind of where that is right now. Um, yeah, looking at the Patriots, they're, like I said, they're four and four and have a pretty favorable stretch, at least immediately coming up. They play the Panthers, Browns, and Falcons on their next three games. Hmm. Uh, then they have the Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills again, Jaguars, Dolphins. Um, hmm. That's a pretty favorable stretch to end of the year. Um, I couldn't even see them going three and oh in their next three, just thinking solely. In the, I usually think it's possible. Like, if the Falcons don't have Ridley back, that's not a good matchup. Um, Bill Belichick against either Sam Darnold or PJ Walker, I'll take Belichick any day. And <laughs> like we were just talking about, the Browns are oh, the Browns. Browns. And so <laughs> uh, Patriots get that one at home too. So, yeah, I mean, they're looking pretty solid right now. Um but and I, it's kind of weird that I have to find myself rooting for them. Like, yeah, I feel I feel the exact same, same way. Because <laughs> like I hated them my entire life, but now I'm like watching them. And I'm thinking like, I'm not I'm not really like rooting against them. Yeah, like, I'm not rooting for them. But like when I see them winning, I will I will always be like mad. Where that like, now I'm just like, huh, that's pretty impressive. And I kind yeah, of just, now that uh, they're kind of like all the expectations are gone. They're they have a real underdog feel, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure 
in-house they don't um yeah <laughs> yeah um i've got to keep things rolling along but yeah i i yeah. like where the patriots are right now and i think they mm-hmm. they have a chance to finish the season well um kind of on brand looking at the saints big win over the buccaneers 36 to 27 um a lot of fun things in this one we had I see the James Winston injury, not fun, but we got to see my guy Trevor Simeon come in off the bench against the defending Super Bowl champions and do just enough to not lose. Um, <laughs> That's a good way. Yeah, absolutely. he didn't do anything crazy, but he also didn't make any big mistakes. Um, Which is like the, a game manager or like a good backup. Yeah. Not much yeah. else to ask. Yeah. Um, and he's getting the start this next week too against the Falcons. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do when he's actually prepared. Um, but yeah, Saints made the most of their kind of makeshift offense. We had Alex Arma and Kevin White making plays. Um, Saints. I, admit, I, I got sorry right. to cut you off. I, I got a nice, nice laugh at seeing Kevin White catching defaults and like he still exists. Yeah. Yeah, what was it? His first catch? It's like 2017 or something like that. No clue, but I mean, for a long time. Good, good, good for him for hanging in there. I, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Saints defense: three sacks, including a strip and two interceptions. One to clinch the game. Um, Brady did throw five total touchdowns. Most of them were <laughs> to his own team, and some of them even had defenders within ten yards. So. Oh, impressive. Yeah. Uh, Saints are sitting pretty at 5-2. and two. This is a big win for them. Uh, playoffs are definitely within reach. It'll be interesting with Winston. Oh, we kind of commented on that before, but I think it's very possible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of nice. I think they I, – I've always kind of liked the Saints just because I liked Drew Brees. And even now that he's gone, they have a lot – of intriguing stuff going on. Um, but yeah, big win for them. Do you have anything else to add there? Yeah, and like, like I mean, Sean Payton, like if anyone could be successful with any quarterback, it's Sean Payton. So I think that they're going to be okay for the long run. Not as good as what they'd be with Jameis Winston, but I don't think they're totally out of it. And I just like to touch upon how I, I just knew that Tom Brady was going to throw a game ceiling touchdown at the end. I saw him sitting on the bench with his head down. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to see it all over social media. And I was thinking, like, man, he's so clutch. He's going to go out here, and, our, and on a second pass, he's going to throw a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Touchdown to seal the game. Um, yeah. I mean, he put – like the think about, like, the ball placement. He threw it right and in, perfectly into P.J. Williams' hands. Like, yeah. it, it was just a, a pitch and catch. And that's what I expect from the uh, greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's also in all seriousness, it's also ironic. He, he or not ironic, funny. And he almost threw an interception that play before. Oh yeah, I uh, I don't remember that one. He overthrew him, and I think a defender was kind of had it was kind of on Evans, and then Brady overthrew him, and a defender just missed the ball. And then the next play, Brady throws him in the double coverage for that pick six. He really didn't want to win that one, eh? Yeah, he gave me shades of that uh, Titans playoff game where he literally just like threw the game away. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I remember you sending me that. Sorry, I don't know. Right. I, care, Tom, I remember you sending me the footage of that. Like, I, we were talking about it, and then you said that you thought Brady threw the game away, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then you sent me the footage of the last pick, and I was like, "Yeah, I can't, I can't really explain that one besides him just throwing it away." Yeah. Yeah, just a bizarre play that you uh, kind of love to see. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, are you are you good to move on from that one? Yeah, yeah, I was just basking in that moment's glory. Yeah, for sure. Um, real quick, looking at the Broncos and the Washington football team, um, I took a look at the at Washington's offensive drives. This is the breakdown. First one, turnover on downs. Blocks field goal, field goal, interception, punt, 
touchdown. So we're getting somewhere. Locks field goal, interception, end of game. Uh, so what was the last time that you saw two blocked field goals in the same game? If you can I, even think of a time. I can't even think of a time now. Just bizarre. Uh, I think Chris Blewett has to have the best name for at least a kicker, but probably um, any athlete. Um, but like especially a kicker given kind of the um, the it's a lot less long term if you're not mm-hmm. like most average players will sit as well like hold a roster spot for a season but with a kicker you're only really going to have one spot so there's a lot more uh, turnover at the position uh, so I Looking at a guy like Chris Blewett, where he can blow it. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, how was I going to put that? Where you can look back after and be like, well, he had a shot, but he he blew it. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of fun with that one. Um, that, that's a slapper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Broncos defense was great in this one offense was good enough which was pretty ironic given that this was the um <laughs> this was Peyton Manning's ring of uh what is it ring of honor induction um yeah yeah kind of brings brings back great memories of that 2015 season um but yeah that's <laughs> all I really took away from this one did you have anything else to add no not at all not at all no all right, cool. Um, looking at Sunday night football between the Cowboys and the Vikings, uh, not a great week to be a Kirk Cousins fan. Um, Cooper Rush wasn't amazing either, but he works well with what he had. Cedric Wilson had a 73-yard touchdown, uh, which is really impressive. Um, also threw like a 30-yard pass. So he's doing everything out there. Cooper and Lamb were both over 100 yards. Zeke had a clutch play or two, clutch play or two down the stretch to really put it away. And uh, here we are in November. Vikings are three and four with a really tough stretch coming up. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I have, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on that. And, well, the first would be the Vikings desperately need change in their coaching staff. Like I said earlier, their offense was playing not to lose after a really good a really good first drive and it really cost them this one their scheme is like prehistoric it's either halfback yeah. dives screen passes or play action passes where Kirk Cousins is pressured as soon as he fakes the handoff like I, I was like just I could not believe during that game and I think that the they should they need to modernize the scheme they they, in my opinion, their Vikings offense should flow through Kirk and not the run game and do more of what we saw in the first drive where they scored a touchdown, which was throwing the ball downfield to Jefferson and Thielen and just creating big plays through that. And I, in the way the modern NFL is, that's you're rewarded for that. So just terrible. Some of the Vikings' defensive lapses, like, playing weird soft zone coverage and just allowing Cooper and CeeDee Lamb to get wide open. It was just a terrible performance, and the Vikings just remain masters of losing games that they shouldn't. And this one was just – they just let this one get away, and it was just terrible. And I'm officially calling for – I think I did before, but I'm calling for a Zimmer and – Clint Kubiak, the offensive coordinator's jobs. This one was pitiful, and in my opinion, they're wasting the talent of their stars like Cousins and Thielen and Harrison Smith and Kendricks. Daniel Hunter, who got hurt in this game too, he's gonna be out for the rest of the season. Uh, I ain't named Thielen. I ain't named Jefferson because he's young. But if this keeps up, I don't know why Jefferson would even want to stay there. So it's just just a rough one, and the Vikings have a gauntlet up ahead like you said and there's no wiggle room for them so this one was just really bad yeah 
definitely not in a great position right now. Um, yeah, yeah. You, yeah that's well, all I thought well said. Um, <laughs> yeah, anything else quick before we move along to the Monday night game? Uh, all I would say is those coaches need to be infinity and beyond that team. <laughs> that's also a not joke that. with the, the, the Kirk Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Costume. That, the classic. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, looking at Monday night, another kind of close, ugly game uh, with the Chiefs over the Giants, 20-17. to 17. Uh, Not great for either side. I think if the Giants would have played better, they could have won. And if the Giants would have played better, it wouldn't have been close. Um, neither team ran the ball exceptionally well. Daniel Jones did have a better passer rating in this one. Than Patrick Mahomes. So uh, you tell me who the best quarterback in the league is. But um, I did say that the Chiefs. Well, I could this. tell you. And it's, well, I think it's between Mike White and Kirk Cousins. It's either or. or. That's not really a. That's not really a debate. But um, <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Chiefs really needed this one to kind of get back on track for the playoffs, and they got it um, barely. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here with the Packers coming up this week without Rodgers. Um, yeah, and then going up to the bye, they have the Raiders the week after and then the Cowboys. Um, so they're going to get challenged. Um, but I guess they're in a lot better position now than if they would have lost. Yeah, this, this overall was, I know that this is, matter but barely beating a hospital Giants team is not a good look at all in my opinion look I was kind of puzzled the Giants were healthier at the skill position I won this game the way they play they it, it was horrendous and I don't even being an arrowhead Giants I knew they won and at the end of the day that's all that matters but this was just not what you want to see from them going forward. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, highlights from the Chiefs' offense. I I pulled off a bit of a fantasy miracle because um, I had Chiefs running back Darrell Williams in one league, and I needed him to get about 13 points to win that matchup. But I was playing against Williams and Travis Kelsey in another, in another league and needed – them to combine for less than 20 um approximately so i got it by like less than a point um really close but i yeah 3-0 and in all my leagues again this week so a little pat myself on the back there yeah i, I would i would uh shout out my uh fantasy philosophy of me not really caring about anybody's fantasy team so i'm kind of carried through with that that one here but um I, i'd rather hear this than people getting mad at a player being hurt or a player being involved in something tragic and first thing they think of is their fantasy football team so i'll take this over that any day of the week yeah for sure i mean if you're if you're that um, reliant on one player for your fantasy team, then you're not actually good at fantasy. So why why are you wasting everyone's time talking about it? Um, or it, not, not to carry things on too much, but after the Henry Rugg situation first happened and it was very clear he was going to be in a lot of trouble, one of the first comments I saw was, dang, this really screws my fantasy team. And I was just like, really? Like, 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 really? Like, that's the first thing that's on your mind right now is your fantasy team? Yeah. Like, these are the times that I just kind of, like, shake my head at humanity. But yeah, we, we, we all have those moments. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a crazy situation. I mean, I mentioned to you, yeah. I haven't been our dynasty league. Um, which is a lot, a lot of a tougher place to be. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's done. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I don't want to get too much into this. I think yeah. I mm. Yeah, not not done. With I would life. like to see him healthy and in a good place mentally. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know, is it is it too much to say that I would like to see him back in the league again? Like is that is that kind of taboo or well if anything, I, I would just want to see what Michael Vick did after he was convicted for dog fighting, which was yeah, kind of advocate for animal rights and help pass yeah. animal laws. Like I would like to see Henry Ruggs taking the situation and touring the country talking about can drive and or don't never give yourself the option to drink and drive and he could be of and and use the situation to save lives after he took one or took two counting the the puppy because of him just being really i used the term horrendously stupid and horrifically stupid whatever you would want to say so that I don't care about him ever playing football again. Like what he could do with the platform he could have because of how publicized this incident was could be super profound. And I am a big, I'm a firm believer in second chances. And yeah. he, he, I think that as long as he's on this earth, he should still get one. So that that's all I really hope for him going forward, because I don't know what kind of, I'm going to assume he's going to get a lofty prison sentence, but even then that doesn't mean his life has to be over and he could still do a lot of good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Kind of building off that, I think. um, Yeah. I think he can do a lot more good. um, If given that chance outside of prison than spending the next 46 years of his life locked up. Yeah. Yeah, and even like shout out like Derek Carr for some of the words he had for him, saying that that if nobody else would love him, Derek Carr would. Yeah, it's a great example of in an adverse time, and he's been he's the ringer this season with what happened with John Gruden, and now now this you know, he's been you know as a quarterback leader of this team, he's been really tested, and. Humility he has. That's probably why. That's a probably why this team stayed competitively on the straight and narrow after all of this happened. Like you would think they would just collapse and just be terrible after their head coach. He said in those emails and being out to the public, and then one of their teammates being causing the death of some innocent person. To think that they're still in a good place as a it seemingly in a good place. Like, I think that's a great testament to Derek Carr is as a person. And I think with someone, Derek Carr in your corner, I think someone can do anything. And I think that Henry Ruggs can still do really can create some really positive change in his life as long as he seeks to do so. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great quote from Carr. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not the uh, not the happiest way to end the show, but I think that's it for yeah. today. And yeah, that, that was that was some good stuff. Um, yeah, I think that was good to just put out there. I put it out there in the post, but I just wanted to, to yeah. say it out here because it is a very big topic in the NFL world, and I, I think I think it's important for people to 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 realize because I know it's very easy to just like wish the worst on rugs for his decision, and I, I could get people's anger, but. At the end of the day, he deserves a second chance, and I'm sure he feels terrible right now. And I, I do think that he can provide the world a lot of good. So that's why I wanted to put that perspective out there rather than the entire negative viewpoint that most people are giving, which, again, I understand, but there, there is, in, in its own way, a bright side to this all that yeah. I can see and potentially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like to think that that kind of positivity is what we're generally all about here. Um, <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in general positivity, like sometimes football will 
we'll, we'll, we'll rag on guys, but like in, in general, like it's, it's always best to keep because mindset and attitude is everything. So yeah. to yeah, have, sure. especially in the wake of something like this, you got to, you got to look at things productively rather than destructively. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Great way to wrap that up. Um, yeah. yeah, that'll be it for today. Um, big lineup of games tomorrow. Really excited for mm-hmm. that. And yeah, looking forward to getting back at this next week. For sure. For sure. Always a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah. Once again, thanks. Thanks for joining me here. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Thank you all for listening and mm-hmm. be back next time. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. All right. Take care, everybody.